No Dunks is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Man, you better. We've been telling you for the last two weeks. <laughs> game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. And hey, it's not just sports tickets. You can also score great deals on music and theater tickets. Mm. I'm from Stratford, Ontario. I know a thing or two about the theater. I played Duke Orsino in 12th night in the second grade. Ooh. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. I'm always going to take a jab at the Raptors fans because we lost to them in the, in the finals. So I'm going to talk as much as I can. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. I'm J.E. Skeets, coming to you live from the 6, and alongside me, the man making the magic happen, J.D. How's it going, eh? There he is, eh? Joining us live down in our ATL studio, we got the homie, Tass Mellis. Hello. Hello, Tass. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! And last, certainly not least, the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends! Mm, Lily, happy hump day to everyone. Gotta love it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach later today, later on Wednesday here. But get your questions in for next week's mailbag-only episode. And make sure you're subscribed to No Dunks wherever you listen to your podcast so you get that new beach-stepping podcast a little bit later in the day right away. All right, guys. We're going to reassess some of our preseason predictions on today's show. Ones that maybe look good. Ones that look a little rough. Lee, you got a top five for us? You want to I... tease it at all? Well, Halloween is uh, tomorrow night, so mm-hmm. I'm getting in the Halloween spirit, Ooh, sort of, okay. sort of. Sort of, okay, mm. well, I can't wait for that, that's a little later in the show. And uh, we might even throw you a little curveball when it comes to tonight's pick'em. Curveball. Interesting, a baseball reference. No, all right, before we get to all of that, though, a quick look back at Tuesday night's action. Only three games on, let's start with the Lakers-Grizzlies, Lakers one twenty. Grizzlies 91. Anthony Davis, probably his best performance of this very, very young season, um, helped them get the win. In three quarters, 80 stuffed the, shat, the stat sheet, pouring in 40 points, 20 boards, two assists, two blocks, and zero turnovers. Little boy, uh, to lead the Lakers to their third straight win. First 40 20 game since, uh, by a Laker since Shaq in 2003. Has the torch been already passed here? What was what LeBron was saying in the preseason, the whole idea of, like, we got to play through AD. Are we seeing that come to fruition right away here in, in three or four games? The regular season torch has absolutely been passed. Okay. LeBron wants Anthony Davis to do everything in the regular season. This is your team, my friend. Go do it. It's like in the Olympics where they transfer the torch from Greece to the new Olympic site. <laughs> yeah. That's the regular season torch. But who's going to be hoisting the torch when it comes to Tokyo, when it comes to the playoffs? Uh, I see what you're saying. Who, you know, Tokyo 2020, is LeBron lighting that thing or is it AD lighting that thing? <laughs> I think that's the difference. LeBron knows he needs help during the regular season. But at the same time, I think it's sort of up in the air who will be having the torch in, in the postseason because LeBron got it from Dwayne Wade when he went to Miami. Wade had won the championship. And LeBron is sort of in that same scenario. I got a couple of championships under my belt now. You got to take this and lead us, and and this is sort of this is his team to to some extent. I think LeBron is fine being the the one A. I, I don't I, I I use that analogy the the whole torch thing, but I don't think LeBron just needs it. But but when it comes down to every play in the in the postseason, uh, LeBron might just want to do a little bit more than he's doing right now. So far, so good for the Lakers. Uh, they had to get off to a good start, and apart from opening night where they lose to the Clippers, they've taken care of business. To be fair, they've only played Memphis and Charlotte the last two nights. They beat Utah in a very convincing win on Friday night. But this, I think, is really important for the Lakers is that they're establishing themselves early, that Davis is the guy. This is where he does have to stand up. He's got support around him now. He can't complain about not having the right teammates around him or anything like that. But I think most importantly from what I'm seeing from the Lakers overall, their defense is very good so far, fourth in the league. 
and I think that's important. And Dwight Howard's been contributing for them off the Definitely, bench, but yeah. but but certainly um, it starts on the defensive end because LeBron's teams have been through the regular season in recent years not a very good defensive team. I think if they can establish themselves on that end of the floor, I think the offense is going to come. There's there's plenty of guys who can score and shoot, but I think it's important for the Lakers to show that they're a real contender if they can defend and, and so far through four games they've been very good on that end yeah looking good for the anthony davis defensive player of the year pick just because an improvement on that end he's going to get so much credit uh tass is right though about the torch being a regular season thing lebron needs ad to sort of carry the lakers throughout the regular season so that lebron can have the juice in the playoffs to rise up that podium in tokyo 2020 <laughs> hopefully it's not a malfunctioning podium like it was a 2010 olympics in vancouver of a tragic night for Steve Nash, but uh, why you have to I, I bring do that like, up, man? Why'd you yeah, have to I know it, it was tough. It was tough. You know, there was a it was a Lakers disaster around those era that era, and mm. Steve Nash. Maybe that was the first sign that things weren't <laughs> going to go well in L.A. But uh, I, encouraging, no doubt. Uh, not surprising to see Anthony Davis dominate a game like this. I think it's just more surprising that he did it so quickly. A forty and twenty is still a crazy line, but when it's an- when it's Anthony Davis, you're like, oh yeah, he is supposed to be at least an MVP candidate, a guy who's in that echelon. Yeah, and this is um this is not really anything new for LeBron. When it comes to the regular season being sort of the sort of the second guy uh, in terms of like the workload or the usage rate because you know, there was that year where Kyrie Irving had a higher usage rate than LeBron, so that the young Kyrie was doing a little bit more in the regular season. And then and then him and Wade back in the Heat days, like they they almost split it basically even there that one year where everything was going through one of those two guys and, and it was like a little tick higher for Wade. So, yeah, it, you know, over the last few years here, or some successful years for LeBron, he's had that sort of uh, that, that tag team partner that he could lean on um, for the regular season. And that's it's no shock that AD in his prime w- would be that guy right now. Yeah, and we saw after the season opener against the Los Angeles Clippers where they got bashed. We, you know, we saw lots of good flashes from the Lakers offensively. As Lee sort of said, we're going to be—they're going to be fine. They're—they're going to find points, but are they going to play harder? Are yeah. they going to—are they going to care enough? Is the LeBron-led defense uh, going to care enough on, on that end? And there was a turning point. They got bashed by the Clippers. Then they go to play the Utah Jazz on, on the Friday night. Things weren't good at half. Things were not looking good, so they made a couple adjustments. They insert Alex Caruso to start the second mm-hmm. half, and Anthony Davis plays the five. Uh, you know, JaVale McGee sits, and they start playing hard all of a sudden. Uh, Alex Caruso, that, the, the balding man who's taken some, uh, some tips from LeBron James on his hair pattern, I'm sure, uh, was work- he was working his butt off. And, uh, and since then, things have sort of snowballed and, and three straight victories for them, and you know, they, they look like a, a juggernaut again in the Western Conference. They, they need to play D if they're going to win the conference. Yeah, and, I mean, Ky- and Kyle Kuzma will return possibly this weekend. There are some reports that he could be back as early as this weekend. In Frank Vogel's best days in Indiana, they had a very good defense. So, you know, that's, he brings that reputation as being a defensive guy. Of course, it really doesn't matter how good a defensive guy you are if guys aren't going to put in on that end. But if he set this team up to say, listen, let's start defensively. Because when you've got Dwight out there blocking shots, you've got Anthony Davis blocking shots, and you've got JaVale, you've got a lot of rim protection there. So the guys on the perimeter, if they're, if they're doing their job, and then if they do get beaten, there's a lot of guys there challenging shots. That really does make it hard for teams to score. Again, it's Memphis and Charlotte, so you know not two teams yeah. that you expect to really challenge a team like the Lakers. But these are the games you know, the Lakers have to really put their foot down, and they have done that by winning you know, by 50 points, those two games. So that, that's, a, that's a bit of a message that they're not overlooking anybody or taking any opponent lightly. Yeah, they took the care of the Jazz before that, who are going to be yeah. a decent team. Uh, and um, totally forgot what I was going to say. Where did it go? <laughs> Maybe Lakers. you were going to talk about Anthony Davis shooting a million free throws and mm. everybody being okay with it because he quote-unquote earned it. If you're getting fouled <laughs> underneath the basket because you got a rebound, that's earning it. But if you beat a guy off the dribble and then they foul you, that's not earning it. I don't get that. We'll get to that mm. a little bit later in Tweet of the oh, Night. Oh, nice, nice, like, free uh, throw talk. Yeah, well, let, let's keep it going here. Uh, the other game, one of the other games last night, the Miami Heat kicked off, off the uh, Jimmy Butler era with the 112-97 victory over the Hawks. Ka-ka. Butler uh, had missed the first three games uh, for the birth of his daughter, but he scored 12 of his 21 points in the first quarter. Though a scary moment for the Hawks, uh, second quarter, Trey Young sprained his right ankle while driving through the lane, stepped on a foot. Hawks ruled him out. He didn't return in this game. And uh, now we're seeing reports, uh, Shams being one of them, saying he could be sidelined 
for about two weeks. He's having the MRI today. Um, you know, Woj saying it sounds optimistic that it's not serious. Maybe it's like a sort of a grade one sprain here. Um, but this is a that was obviously a tough blow for the Hawks in that game versus the Heat, which they went on to lose. And this could be a rough couple of weeks because we've talked already about when Trey Young is not out there, the Hawks are in trouble when it comes to finding somebody else to create for them offensively. Yeah, that was the big problem for them. They they just certainly didn't have the offense. John Collins tried to give them what he had, and he Good started game, knocking yeah. down threes, which is uh, he's talked about adding that to his repertoire, which is nice. But it was almost uh, a bit like found money, really. It was like, oh, this is great now, but it does it's not a sustainable uh, practice for them going forward. And, yeah, so Lloyd Pierce has got a real challenge already now ahead of him because two weeks in the NBA, that's maybe, what, seven games, eight games. The Hawks can't afford to drop behind here, so they have to figure out a way to, to, to use that early season boost and that early season good form to continue and not be just so heavily reliant on Trey. But it was such a blow because he's been such a, a fantastic player this season, and you know everyone saw it. It was one of those ones that really turned like full uh, on his ankle there. So if it's only two weeks, then that's great news for the Hawks. True. But. Uh, you know, we, we're going to have to just wait and see because it might might be longer. We don't know. But, uh, yeah, the Hawks, you know what? The Hawks are hard to watch without Trey Young out there. Um, he's such an exciting player. And for Jimmy Butler, he looked like a guy who just became a dad to me. He looked okay, <laughs> uh, but a little bit uh, a little bit rusty and not quite as uh, sharp as we've seen him in the past. But they got the win, and uh, he'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, for the Hawks, it almost seems like Vince Carter is the best at getting his own shot. And when you're going to a 40-year-old man after the 20-year-old, it's going to be a tough spot. Also, third game in four nights for the Hawks. So once Trey Young went down, you got to be thinking, it's going to be a tough win here. And yeah. John Hollinger convinced me that you can actually be tired earlier in the season. I don't necessarily believe it, but if Hollinger says so, that guy's pretty smart. Yeah, last week you said back-to-backs. <laughs> Yeah, it was the second night of the season. They played three and four. They've played a lot, no doubt. The good thing for the Hawks, they got a home-heavy schedule to start. Strangely, they play the Heat again on Thursday, so maybe a little revenge game here in Atlanta will get them right. But if you're going to play without your best player, I guess it's good to at least have those games at home. Yeah, they need him desperately. They're not fun to watch, number one, and they're just not going to execute all that well. So the Heat better beat a Trey Youngless team, and they did. Good for them. Um, and the Hawks, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go here if uh, Trey Young is out two weeks, like where they go at the guard position. Like Tyrone Wallace, <laughs> he was suddenly thrown into the fire there last night um, as one of their guards because there's no Evan Turner. You talked, you slipped it, you were talking about it the other day there, Lee. Like, yeah, Evan Turner, they could use him now in this situation, especially. They could use a ball handler, um, and he's still out with an injury. He has an injury, so that's tough. And then you're asking, you know, your young guards, your rookie guards to do stuff, uh, it's a lot of pressure there. So, we watching the Hawks to see if they can sustain, um, you know, life without Trey here for a couple of weeks. Hopefully, it's just a couple of weeks, and hopefully, it's it's nothing more serious than that. I'm sure uh, maybe some of you listening to this podcast already know by now with the official word coming out from the Hawks. All right, final game last night. It was a very entertaining game. Mavericks defeat the Nuggets 109-106. Uh, Ghostface Ziller writing about this one over at SB Nation this morning called it a quality win for the Mavericks, mainly because it was a gritty win. You know, Luca. And Porzingis, they shot a combined seven for 26. They had six turnovers to eight assists. But the, this deep Maverick squad still found a way uh, to pull this one out. I don't know if you guys watched this game. Uh, it came down to the wire. Um, there was another coach's challenge uh, that was uh, instrumental in this game. Uh, for yeah, the, can't, for the... challenge, can't challenge a non-call Michael Malone. That's, <laughs> that's the rule. He, he thought Nikola Jokic got fouled right. when there was no whistle for it. He just can't say, hey. Do the thing. Do, yeah. Make a call. You know what I was shocked about, though? I, I was actually alluding to the one a little bit prior to that. Uh, Maxi Kleber, he got called for the goaltend um, on, right. on a layup. I, I forget if it was Murray or who it was for the, for the Nuggets. And they challenged it. You can challenge that. But in, they, don't go, they didn't go to a jump ball situation um, after that. So it got called for a goaltend. They looked at it. It was like, nope, that was clean. He, he blocked that before it hit the glass. And it was Maverick's ball. I was a little confused by that, and I just couldn't tell if it was because the ball went after the yeah, goaltend slash block. It, right? Yeah, it went to KP. Yeah, so is that why? Is I, that, that's what they said on the right. Yeah, the I mean, that is, uh, that's fascinating to me that it's still not a jump ball situation there. It's like, Don't yeah. you think that's fair, though? I mean, I, if yeah, had play continued like it should have, yeah. it was Maverick's ball. I guess so, but what happens in a situation? So is there a situation if that ball is still live? Um, ball, ball is loose. Yeah, yeah. Had, had Jokic grabbed the rebound, would it be, then be Nuggets ball? I guess that's the question. 
right. Probably, yeah. Wow, that's a that's a weird one. Because um, I thought we were going to see another situation with the Mavericks in a late game situation where they would have to jump it up. And you know, I you know, I got I went off on them the other day because they couldn't do a jump ball correctly, and I thought they were getting another chance at it. But uh, no, it was Mavs ball, and uh, Luca had a big finish there. That was, that was a great great win for the Mavs, though. Huge win against a team that has one of the uh, strongest home courts in the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets led most of this game too. Uh, but if you look at the Mavericks and you see. Like you mentioned earlier, Porzingis and Doncic didn't have great games, and they got great contributions from their bench, including your guy Tim Hardaway Jr., who, oh, yeah. who hit a few baskets last night. I mean, everyone who came off the bench scored in double figures. That's that's very very impressive for the Mavs that they're not so heavily reliant on only Doncic or uh, Porzingis going off to get them a win. I think um, I think they're one of the more enjoyable watches right now in the league. Their offense, that ball's fizzing around, Lee. Oh yeah, that thing it sure it is. does not stick. Uh, yeah, they're one of my favorite teams to watch uh, offensively right now. Yeah, well that's Rick Carlisle. He does run a lot of plays he likes that flow offense so if you're open just shoot it and that's uh, that works well for a guy like Tim Hardaway on a night like last night because he was out there getting some baskets uh for the Nuggets I mean I thought that uh Barton and Harris again were good for them uh Nikola Jokic he what's going on they, they have what's to be a little concerned with him and his conditioning I think I know he kind of plays himself into shape Right but now, he, he is fickle a slow kitsch. He, he just didn't care very much I don't last think night. It ha- I, think. I don't think this has anything to do with his actual body, and I think everybody's getting caught up in if he's whether he's, like, you know, fat or whatever. I think it's <laughs> – no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. There's it, This is like that time last year. It appears to me where he was he was moping. He was he was upset about something maybe not even basketball-related or – a hundred percent. That yeah, happens he is, every single year with him. It's an emotional is, slump. The same thing happens with Kyrie Irving. People have ups and downs, and this is a down for Jokic right now. Unfortunately, it's in important games at the very start of the season. And I might be reaching. I have no idea if this is true, but there there was an incident with his brother um, being arrested for allegedly choking some girl. You know, is that a possibility with what's going on with his brother? Like that's in his head, and that's worrying him. I don't know. Again, could be a complete reach. But he is mentally, that guy is not into this, into the games right now. You're right. Drew. No, he's turned the ball over a couple of times just with really sloppy, careless hands. And we know with him, you throw that ball to him, it's kind of hard to get it off him because he's got such big hands. But the Mavs kind of attacked him if he put the ball on the floor and he lost it a couple of times and he never hustled back or anything. So, uh, yeah. but he, he just looks heavier too than he did last season i mean again we know he carries a little bit more than a lot of players he'll never be ripped like a uh you know like some of the like other a lee players. ellis exactly he's going to be more <laughs> exactly. a mark a mark type of player you know like yeah. you, you know he can still be a, a, but he can dominate like that That's yeah my point. for sure I mean, it's it's more the energy and the attitude and yeah and just like being into the game and like look having even some fun he's just yeah looks super super depressed out there yeah right? because when Plumley comes out for them he's out there hustling and yeah. working hard yeah. you know setting screen Screens, trying to contest shots, grabbing rebounds, doing all those little things, but but obviously he's not as gifted as Jokic. But uh, yeah, that that was a that was a, a pretty ordinary performance by him. And the Nuggets still nearly won anyway, which yeah. is good for them because they are deep. They are deep. They've got a lot of other contributors. And uh, Jamal Murray was getting into it uh, with someone again last night. He is such a little agitator, isn't he? He mm-hmm. he needs someone to sort of get into it with, to sort of jaw yeah. with. And uh, but he's fun to watch too. Absolutely. Yeah, and I do agree the Mavs are fun to watch. They've got a bunch of role players who are seemingly playing above their heads or above their reputations, and, and guys like Maxi Kleba, uh, who's a, a beautiful role man right yeah. now. Like, if you're trying to guard Porzingis and Luka Doncic at the three-point line, Kleba's got that pick-and-roll lane just to, to go at it. DeLon Wright, you know, former Raptor, former Grizzly, Jalen Brunson. Guys who are on the defense, known for their defense, and even Dorian Finney-Smith, who's just uh, one of the better names in the league, probably known best for winning Wedgie of the Year on the starters <laughs> a few years back, uh, but he can shoot it now. And uh, so they've got they've got a lot of weapons. They look like a Rick Carlisle team from a couple of years ago, uh, that they're playing with a bunch of spirit. And the stinky part is they scored six points for the in the last half of the fourth quarter, and they still won a game. That's, that's not a lot of points. And the Nuggets, yeah, they, do, they look like... They look yucky. They're three and one. Um, yeah, they they did not deserve, in my opinion, to win that game last night. I'm almost happy they lost it because they would have been a very odd, you know, four and zero perfect squad. Because they haven't, mm-hmm. they have not. I've watched a lot of their games. They've not blown me away, despite getting a lot of those wins. Yeah, they just have enough. They do have enough talent in Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, even if he's mopey. Yeah, he is moping though. Yeah. He's not. He's not moving quick out there. Um, Jalen Brunson, quickly. I'd like to throw a future prediction at you guys. That guy is going to be uh, an NBA champion as a, like a reserve, just a backup guard. 
<laughs> for sure. You can lock it in. I'm 100% guaranteed. This is not a Jason Maxiel or anything like that, but Jalen Brunson is going to be like a 6th, 7th, 8th man on, a, on an obviously a talented team where he wins a title. I love his game. I actually think he's going to be a Dallas Maverick for his entire career. Okay. To me, he screams the next J.J. Barea, so maybe he will actually leave and then come back. But they, the Mavericks have always had like a backup point guard that they just keep bringing back, keep bringing back. It was Avery Johnson back in the day. I think Jalen Brunson is that next guy. I'm with you, though. He's got the championship pedigree from Villanova, yeah. Chicago guy, so you know he's good. Uh, and he's, uh, he's the son of Rick Brunson. Did Rick Brunson ever win a championship? I don't think so. I don't think so. Clippers, he played with, isn't he? Uh, he was yeah. a bull he's at one everywhere. point. He was a Nick at one yeah. point. Yeah, there's a lot of places. He, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't in the Bulls uh, for one of he those? He definitely was. Yeah, that's why. No, but for a, ch- for a championship? No, 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 no. I think no. he was after, yeah. Right. Did you hear what Rick Carlisle said the other day praising DeLon Wright, saying nobody's played defense like this since Jason Kidd was around Ooh. here? So they, they have him to throw with Jalen Brunson. And Dorian Finney-Smith, if they're going sort of small, those three guys around Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis for a defensive lineup. Then you throw Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway out there. They've got a lot of options of guys, you know, playing above what we know them as. Yeah. So they're, and Justin they're... Jackson even last night had a, had a good game for the Mavs. I was trying to think, uh, do the Mavericks bench, do they need a name? And what could we call them? So I was mm. like, immediately I was like, the Wild Stallions? <laughs> <laughs> but then it was like nothing about Excellent. these guys screams wild stallions to me. So it actually led me to look up calm breeds of horses mm. to see if I could be inspired by that. Apparently the American quarter horse is a very calm breed, as is the Morgan and the Appaloosa. But uh, there's oh. no, nothing really there that's uh, all that exciting for me. So we need mm. a name for the Mavs bench. It doesn't need to be horse uh, you know, specific. Which is the calm stallions. The calm stallions. Yeah. The chill stallions. <laughs> Here come the chill stallions. The chill stallions. I love it. There's something with a, like a saloon door, like they go through a saloon door to get, get onto the floor. So. <laughs> yeah. There's something there. Okay, we can, we can brainstorm that. All right. Um, well, three teams remain undefeated. At, you know, the Nuggets are out of there after losing last night. We've got 76ers, Spurs, and Wolves. Pacers, Kings, and Pelicans still looking for the first W. But we're a week into the season, guys, uh, officially. So I thought we could... Uh, you know, look back a little bit and, uh, and eventually get into our predictions that we had made in the preseason, some that are good, some are bad, that we're maybe a little worried about. But what's been the biggest surprise? I mean, first off, with, with one week of basketball having been played. I, I, for me, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves being unbeaten. I, I think Carl uh, anthony Towns, we've talked a lot about him. He's probably the early season MVP right now. He's been a beast on both ends for the Wolves and really just led them uh, the way a superstar should carry a team. There's no question that is his team and he's now entering his fifth season and uh, he's just been, you know, absolutely amazing. If he can keep that up, then it changes everything for the Wolves. My worry for them, though, is they're just not deep enough and there's eventually is going to catch up with them. We know Andrew Wiggins had an incredible minute the other night. But uh, that's about it for him for the season. So I uh, come th- on, he's been better. Wiggins has definitely been better. I think. I mean, he's not making a lot of shots. He still can't make a three pointer, but at least he's not taking twenty footers. And he's, tr- <laughs> he's trying to get to the rim. Yeah, he's, well, he's trying to get free throws. It's not working out yet. He's yeah. changing his game, though. You can clearly see he's changing his game. I-, I feel like the Wolves get a lot of external motivation. I kind of feel like Jimmy Butler trashing them, and that sticking with the Wolves for a year has worked out well for the Timberwolves because they seem rededicated a little bit. You know, Carl Towns is still trying to sell newspapers. He, <laughs> yeah. sa- he says the beef with uh, with Joel Embiid, they're playing soon, um, is I'm not going to feed into it because I don't want to sell newspapers. <laughs> yeah. Carl Towns, he's reading newspapers? Yeah, that, I think they play tomorrow night, in fact. And, mm-hmm. and I'm really interested to see that now because... The Sixers are a team that we know are going to be one of the t- they best teams. They play tonight, by the way. Oh, tonight, yeah. sorry. Okay, uh, one of the best teams in the East. And this is what, going to be a chance. Carl uh, Anthony Towns going up against a great defender in Embiid. Will he be able to dominate like he has done so far? So I'm very excited for that. I'm just, I, I don't think it will last. Um, and the Wiggins, the Wiggins is going to be very interesting because if he can be the player he was on Sunday, great. I don't think he's going to be able to <laughs> maintain that consistency, though, because that was the only threes he's hit all season. You know, like he had, he had a good little spurt. Uh, so, but, but the Wolves as a team are jacking it up. I mean, they've changed that from last year. Uh, they're, they're averaging something like 42 three-point attempts per game after yeah. taking less than 29 last season. So they, that's uh, and a part of, and a big part of that is Towns. I mean, what's he? He's attempting nearly 10 per game. <laughs> yeah, he's hitting four or five a game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it shows in the numbers with Wiggins too. Uh, his field goal attempts by place on the floor. 
10 feet to the three-point line, only 17% of his shots are, are sort of mid-range, when usually it's like thirty and between 30 and 40. It's come down. I will say one thing. He was actually benched on Sunday, too, yeah. in that game. Ryan, Ryan Saunders pulled him out because he made bad decisions. And then he reinserted him and he went on to win the game. And afterwards, Wiggins acknowledged that he said, I was making bad decisions. So whatever's going on there, that's a very good relationship between a player and a coach that the coach, a young coach, can pull the, pull the guy and say, you're not making good decisions, so you're being benched for disciplinary reasons. And then he responded in a great way. So I'll give him credit for that. I just want to make sure now he does that, not just you know once every five or six games. I want to see him go out there and have that same attitude that he had in the last quarter on Sunday against the Heat. Yeah, Ryan Saunders, the, the relationship he has with Andrew Wiggins has been sort of documented. He said they've been really good friends, you know, as he's been an assistant coach, you know, under his dad, his late dad. Uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins apparently told him when his son was being born, they have this close relationship. And Ryan Saunders is still a kid, it sure feels like, at 33 years of age. Uh, but he's getting the most out of Andrew Wiggins, maybe, through three games. It just sure feels like an unbeaten team that could easily fall off. Yeah. Like one, one of those come, coming back to earth. They're, uh, they're having some fun. Did you guys see the clip of them in Philadelphia? You said they're playing the 76ers tonight. Did you see them... Uh, I think it was Towns holding the giant speaker. He had his uh, he had his uh, iPhone hooked up to it, and they had the Rocky theme music going. And they all the whole team ran up the stairs together. It's a very very funny clip, and they're having a blast. If you, I, th- I, th- I think just look. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. that, but looking at Carl Anthony Towns, we all expected him to be a Tim Duncan type of guy uh, coming out of college, just to be a guy who steadies the steadies everything and is awesome offensively he obviously shoots a lot more three-pointers than tim duncan but maybe yeah. he's growing up maybe he is being that leader finally and maybe he likes rocky i don't know yeah and it is way too early to talk mvps uh he did win western conference player of the week you're right lee he, i mean he's averaging 32 13 5 and then three steals two blocks he's shooting lights out his his uh 2019-20 season start here though a little similar to Giannis's. MVP MVP last year uh, minus the threes of course you know Giannis wasn't doing what Towns is doing in the first four games of last year 18-19 in all wins by the way so the Bucks were 4-0 to start the season Giannis was averaging 29-17-7 you know a block nearly two steals per game it's fairly fairly similar there and a big part of it is uh, with the wins I mean if the wins are there and you're putting up numbers like that you're going to be in the running so so great start for the Wolves. That was my pick as well, Lee. Biggest surprise. One more thing to add. SB Nation's Ricky O'Donnell. He pointed out the impact of Robert Covington, who is finally healthy after after that knee injury last year. He has been a wild card for this team. He always has been. Um, he just brings it defensively, of course, and he, he has the ability to stretch the floor and open it up. A little more operating room for a guy like Towns to work with. They're 16-10. and 10. The Wolves are in games that Covington has played since acquiring him in the Jimmy Butler trade. And maybe he's got a little revenge game in him tonight when they play the 76ers. So he's, he's been great. Um, not really a surprise for people that have been you know following his career. He's a bit of a difference maker because he can hit the three, and, he, and he's an amazing, amazing sort of all-defense type of player. All right, Wolves as a surprise. Anybody else? On the flip side of the Wolves, they're opening eyes. The Sacramento Kings are closing eyes. <laughs> they have been terrible to start the season. They have zero identity, and that's the problem. They are 24th in pace right now after being fifth last year, and that's a problem because their half-court offense isn't any good. They're 30th in offense. They need to be running, shooting a lot of threes, and trying to score fast because that's their their best avenue to having an efficient offense. Uh, they've played a pretty tough schedule so far. Uh, they've lost to the Trailblazers, Jazz, and I lost it. Nuggets. I had it. Yeah, Nuggets, exactly right. And they lost to the Suns. Suns is the only team they guaranteed should have beat, even though the Suns have been a surprise for sure early in the season. So there's still time to turn it around for the Kings. But if they're going to challenge for a playoff spot, which is the expectations coming in this year, they got to turn it around fast. They got to figure out how to get out and transition. Last year, it was impressive that they were able to be a fast team throughout the season. A lot of teams come into the year saying, we're going to run, and they do for a month. The Kings did it for the entire season. I think perhaps the other teams in the league now know what to expect when they're playing the Kings are making an effort to stop them from their transition game. But however they do it, Luke Walton's got to figure out a way to get those guys running. Tass, you said it on uh, the podcast with John Hollinger and it hit me right in the heart. You were like, yeah, everybody's talking about how the Suns might be the new Kings, but what if the Kings are the new Suns? <laughs> and man, that one, that one, yeah, that one got a little too close to home because it's, uh, you know, again, it's sort of similar to the rough start that the Suns had last year, and this is what the Kings are now doing uh, after all the expectations and all the excitement of like, oh, yeah, maybe they could get into the playoffs. Bad, bad start. 
And it's similar in that maybe they think they're a little better than they are. Right, right. And they say, hey, let's get some vets in here just to really steady the ship because we're so good. Let's, let's take it from good, sort of, to great. And uh, it's not happening. The, the Suns continuously tried that, tried it with Trevor Ariza. Oh, who's a Sacramento King now? Yuck, yuck, Ooh. yuck, yuck. <laughs> uh, who's a, you know, they tried it with Ryan Anderson. They, they tried it with a bunch of guys. And now uh, the Kings, I am st- Totally shocked uh, that that they're this bad, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it is it is a, a, a team that needs to get uh, to quicken the pace. It's totally true. And in the half court, maybe maybe they de- they do think that all right, we can just make these things happen in the half court and, and rely on uh, guys. But they don't really have a lot of guys who can stretch the floor. Um, they do, but they're not doing it all that well to this point. And, and they're not starting Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I think should be starting there. He just he just has a wall in front of him at the small forward spot because they have all these guys that they signed, and and, uh, and uh, it's a problem. It's a problem with their, their rotation right now. But if they do speed it up, if Lukey does speed it up, that can change, I yeah. hope. You got to, to speed it up, you do got to get some stops. Um, Definitely. That's a big part of that. Uh, okay, so Wolves, Kings, uh, Tass, any other surprises, or were you, were you with one of them? Yeah, I'm with the, I'm with that. Okay. Kings. All right. Well, let's get. I, to... I was buying in. I was buying into preseason. What an idiot. Yeah, don't don't ever do that. Um, no, don't do that. All right, let's look let's look at some predictions. What's it, what's uh Lee? Let's start with you. What's your best prediction so far that you made in sort of one of the season preview shows? <laughs> See, when I was going through this last night, the Nuggets were leading the Mavericks comfortably, and I was like, 4-0, top of the West. They're going to have the best record <laughs> okay, in the well. NBA. And I was feeling pretty good about it. Uh, and, then they, uh, and then they blew it because um, people who listened to the previews, I had Malone for Coach of the Year, Jokic for MVP. Now, okay, he's starting off a little bit slower. Yep. But I was like, the thing is, I'm confident in the Nuggets because they're getting contributions from other guys. I think Millsaps look great, you know, the veteran being there, yep. um, Murray, Barton. Uh, Gary Harris has also been looking good, but uh, so they dropped it last night. But it's all right. uh, and it's they and, and they, I know, but they lost at home too. That's where I'm like, <laughs> they just cash in at home because they're they're two and zero on the road so far uh, in Portland and Sacramento. So I was like, okay, yeah, this is uh, this is what I was expecting to see. So. Um, up until like last night at about what time? About eleven o'clock, I think. I was uh, I was pretty pretty happy with my Nuggets nugget pick. So Still? that's the best one I've had so far. I think. <laughs> okay. You know. Okay. What, what about What about you guys, Taz or Trey? Uh, I picked the Nets as my league pass team, and I think that's been right on so far. Mm. They haven't had a national TV game yet. Kyrie went for fifty. They've played two overtime games, which they've lost. And they beat the Knicks by four. Every single game has been close. Every single game has been entertaining. Kyrie Irving has been one of the most watchable guys in the league so far. So I'm feeling good with the Nets as a league pass team. It feels like they've had national games. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because everyone's been watching. Yeah. And, you know, on, on Twitter and stuff like that, like it's always been about what Kyrie's been doing. So, yeah, definitely feels like teams, uh, everyone's watching them just to see what's going to happen. It's a great call. Great prediction. Tass? Mine is off the floor. I, I predicted that teams would start rolling out a red carpet All right. in, in their in the hallways and in the in the back rooms as they uh, as they enter the arena. You know, they enter that big garage door. There's a red carpet there, and they start the fashion show. And then the Houston Rockets on night one roll it out. They rolled out a red carpet for James Harden and PJ Tucker and Russell Westbrook to strut across. <laughs> Uh, they had and, a DJ too, and they had a DJ. Yeah. Now I I, I I can't take all the credit for it. I, I think James Harden sort of forecasted this in the preseason by saying we got a team that dresses like nobody's business. Those guys, Austin Rivers apparently dresses well. I don't know, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and so he he kind of led me to this prediction, and I think they're going to do it all the time. Well, no, there's, well, there's so much space in, in these arenas to, to roll that red carpet out and strut. It's funny you say they're going to do it all the time because there was a photo going around the other day um, where Westbrook showed up to the arena in Houston. I think he, uh, Trey, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he had on like the leather pants. Oh, and, yeah, uh, patent leather. What was the T-shirt that he had going on? Uh, Monday was night, it was a NASCAR T-shirt. NASCAR, NASCAR T-shirt, thank you. For sure. Anyway, so that photo was going around because, you know, crazy Westbrook look. Um, but I noticed, and I tweeted, I was like, where's the red carpet? Did they already ditch it? And a lot of people, uh, you know, tweeted back to me, replied to me. They said the Rockets are only going to do it, um, like, for weekend games. <laughs> <laughs> like Make so it special. Sort of, sort of, nice. or, or like marquee games, so like an opening night or, or the weekend. Yeah, it's not going to happen all the time, which I think is actually, you're right. I think that's smart. 
just make it a little special uh, special <laughs> thing on the weekends. That's, but I guess that's what they're doing. Not every game. Not every game. Oh, they're going to be a, a real TNT team, it seems yes. like. They're going to get up for the big games. I guess so. I guess so. Um, my best prediction so far, and, and Trey, I think you can, uh, you can um, sort of take some credit for this one as well because you were on board. Fading the Pacers. We told you multiple times, take the under, take the under. That line, too high. It started at 48.5 at one point during the summer in terms of their total wins. Then it went down to 47.5. I think it's now at 46.5, so it's going down, down, down. But they're off to a rough start. They're 0-3. Two losses to the Pistons without Blake Griffin. That's Mm. not good. And they got crushed by the Cavs. So, you know, our worry about their offense... Um, you know, they were bad when Oladipo went down. They were like ranked 24th in the league. Then they lost like five of their top seven scores. There's been a massive turnover with this team. Their offense hasn't been atrocious, but it's that defense. We thought maybe that top five defense still carries them, but it's not been that great so far against the Pistons and Cavs. They just lit them up for three. Um, the teams are like shooting 43% against Pacers from three. Now that's going to fall back to earth a little bit, so they'll be fine. But you got to get those type of wins if you're going to get to you know, what we were talking about, like 48 and stuff like that. I don't see that happening. Will they still be a playoff team? Very possible, but I don't think they're winning, you know, 48 or 49 games. So I think that bet's looking looking pretty good, you know, so far here, very, very early in the season. Lock it in. What about um, what about worst prediction so far? I'll, I'll go first again then. I, I think the day after we had our uh, one of our podcast shows and I said that the Wizards may want to... Con- All of our shows are podcast uh, Preview shows, shows. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> when I said that if Bradley Beal and the Wizards, you know, if Bradley Beal was to decline the option, then maybe they should consider trading him. I think the next day he signed a two-year, $72 million extension. <laughs> so he didn't sign quite the three-year, 111 that was offered. But, uh, yeah, because I, I, I just sort of figured that, like, if he was going to turn that money down, then the Wizards may as well trade him. But they came to some sort of middle ground yeah, there and agreed yeah. to, on the uh, $72 million. But... Yeah, it's going to be a long season for the Wizards. So, uh, yeah, Beal gets well, his bucks, our friend, Well, our friend Roy, his prediction he showed me the other night was to have the Wizards in the playoffs. Ooh. And I, like, I just what? straight up laughed at him for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he had uh, otherwise, you know, pretty solid picks, both in the East and the West. He did his eight playoffs teams in each conference. But the Wizards, I mean, that's a, that's a stretch. Man, it's a... It's a telltale sign that you're in Toronto right now. <laughs> Mentioning Ken, Roy, we're going deep. You don't, oh, don't usually get a Roy shout out. No. Steesh yesterday? Oh, Steesh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I will say this about everybody. I will say this about Roy's prediction though. Have you seen the footage of John Wall war- practicing? Sprinting. He, yeah. Yeah. And expected to miss the, he was expected to miss the entire season. Right. Um I, I don't know. He's Tass has got a bomb here. What well, is it? Uh, no, it's it's October <laughs> my bomb is that it's October thirtieth and he's been running. I, I don't, how how can he miss the entire season? And didn't just didn't look. the Wizards get um, shot down? On yes. His, yeah. On they his, did. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, what's the word? It's I'm the disabled injury. player yeah. exception or exception. something. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Disabled player exception, where right. they yeah. basically want to use his money or some of his money elsewhere mm. on right. another player. Uh, I, I'll say this about Beal: he can't be traded this year. But that extension, it seems bigger than it is to me. I, I know he dedicated himself to Washington, but it's really one year plus a player option. And so, yeah, he added a year for sure that he's kind of staying in Washington, but it's not like he can't get out at some point. Like he's, he's telling Washington, hey, you got another year. Let's get this thing right. But the Big Panda's probably going to go play in another zoo at, at some point <laughs> if, if, you don't, if you don't get this right, it feels right, like right. to me. Anyway. Okay, that's, uh, that's Lee's worst prediction. What about, what about you, Trey? Well, I'm not out on this prediction yet, but the Bulls' playoff chase <laughs> is not off to a great start. No, it's lost not. to the Raptors. They lost to the Raptors. That's fine. They're the NBA champions. They also lost to the Charlotte Hornets and the New York Knicks, and they barely beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Those are three teams that are going to be in the mix for lottery balls, yep. uh, no doubt, come the end of the year. But those games still count, even if you play them at the beginning of the year. They are slow boiling right now, which is a problem. They're 21st in pace. They're 22nd in offense and defense. It feels like when Jim Boylan took over again and he's like, you got to crawl before you walk. Unfortunately, we are back to crawling. Zach Levine told Zach Lowe, 
I know how to run, Jim. Jim, I know how to run. Let me run. So, I don't know. I assume they will pick up the pace eventually. Otto Porter's been in and out of the lineup. He's been banged up a little. Lee, you're laughing at me. But it's true. When you're winning the Bulls to make the playoffs, Otto Porter's got to be good yeah. for you. What about, more importantly, how's old Steve-O taking all this? Honestly, Steve is excited because last <laughs> night... Steve is uh, Trey's dad, for anyone that has no idea what yeah. these guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not as common of a character as Roy, but... No, my dad, yeah. no but I my did dad preface Steve. it by saying my friend Roy. Steve-o, right. just look at me anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, Steve, uh, though... Steve-o. Steve is happy. Uh, you know, he listened to our very first podcast <laughs> at half speed, so he's picked things up. We're listening at full speed now. He's like boiling listening to podcasts at half speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to walk before you run when it comes to podcasting. <laughs> but now he's figured it out. He is excited last night. There was two Illini playing on the Miami Heat. So, I don't know. As long as Illinois guys are in the league, he's not too upset about the Bulls yeah, yet. I, I, I'm with you on my worst prediction was going all in on these baby Bulls, too. I had boiling for Coach of the Year for crying out loud. I don't think that's happening. Um, yeah, it took literally one game to be worried about this prediction. Yes. They lost to the Hornets. You're like, okay, well, it's still the Bulls. And they, they, they blew that game. We talked about it, obviously, after uh, that night. They they completely blew that game versus the Hornets um, and you went through the rest of the, the schedule there there's been some there's been some flashes of of promise though especially Kobe White he's looked he's looked pretty special um, early on in the season so that's good uh, but yeah going in on the baby bulls maybe a year too early here these are one and three they should definitely should really be three and one um, but they're not they're not and because they're, the <laughs> they're bulls. not All right. but they gave us that Bobby Portis revenge game performance <laughs> yeah. on Monday night, which was a blast. That's true. Bobby Portis's eyes bugging out his head as he sees his old team. <laughs> he was talking to his team every single play, his old teammates on the Bulls bench, and uh, he lit it up. He, uh, he lit up MSG with those shots at the end, and he went and gave Jim Boylan, his former coach, a nice big hug. Nice. What's, what's your really worst nice. prediction, Tass? My worst prediction was was is that Steve-O from Jackass was going to listen to the show. Uh, apparently not. I, it's just Steve Kirby who listens to the show. It's not Steve-O from Jackass. Didn't come true. Um, my worst prediction, um, I thought the Portland Trail Blazers would be the most heartbroken team in that Western Conference playoff run. Mm. And they're only 2-2. Two and two. Uh, I, I just didn't believe in their supporting cast. I don't believe it, uh, in Hassan Whiteside as a starting center. But those guys are, uh, you know, Lillard and... and and just the, the entire coaching staff and, and the entire sort of organization. I, I think they're they're too mentally strong to miss the postseason. Now, now that I watch that team play, and that's just you know, it's a it's a lame, bold, bad prediction to go back on. But uh, I, I think they'll they'll probably sneak in at the bottom of the playoff picture. But it's going to be tough. I, I do I do still not believe in their their starting three four five, and they de- desperately need Yusuf Nurkic back, mm-hmm. who's not scheduled back to come back till February, and he's a big man, and I, I definitely worry about him even coming back. But uh, I, th- I think those the, the Lillard and McCollum are just dumb to bet against, and I don't want a rap song about no dunks coming out at any time. <laughs> so I'll... I'll, I'll uh, all dunks. I'll walk that back. Yeah, all dunks. <laughs> okay, uh, my worst uh, prediction... It actually wasn't even an official preseason prediction, but I've said it a few times uh, on the podcast. I was not high on Kyle Lowry's all-star chances this year because we had been talking a lot about the potential of first-time all-stars and who could get in there and what guards, you know, Trey Young, maybe Zach Levine. And I kept saying, I think maybe Kyle Lowry's not going to be an all-star. He is uh, shutting me up right now. He is balling. He's averaging 22-7-5, and and that includes a stinker of a game versus the Bulls. He shot 4 of 11 it was a blowout, though. He got some rest. He still had 11, 8, and 7 in the win. Um, but Kyle Lowry, he, he's um, even even with that new look do, or old look yeah. do in a weird yeah. way, because he's sort of looking like old Kyle Lowry. Um, he's been phenomenal, and he just he just took over the game the other night um, down the stretch. So I may be wrong. He might be going back to this All-Star game, especially mm. if the Raptors have a good record. It's going to be between him and Siakam, maybe both. So, yeah, I think I'm wrong there. I think he's taken the old, oh, everyone's writing us off oh, yeah. type of mentality. He, lo- he like, loves that. Exactly. Yeah, like, hey, man, we were okay with our Kawhi last season. I'll show you what I mean. Uh, but, yeah, the, it is funny how he, he looks like sort of second-year Kyle Lowry with oh, that yeah. hair and, you know. I think it makes him look bigger. Oh, yeah. Like that with that type of hairdo. Just, like, it makes mm. him look a little slower. And, and But, <laughs> you know, again, he's he's dominating right now. Great numbers and... 
shooting a you know he's not shooting lights out from the floor but basically what he did last year he shooting 36 percent from three so strong start from lowry i'm probably wrong he's probably going back to the all-star game and you know what i'll have to buy his jersey if he is That'll be my punishment. I'll buy a Kyle Lowry All-Star Game jersey. Okay, Lowry. You, you, have a, uh, you have a regular season uh, Toronto Raptors Kyle Lowry jersey, right? I sure right? do, Tass. I'm going down to the regular game tonight. Season. You know I'm rocking that tonight. Um, the old regular season jerseys, yeah. as they call them. Yes. You're going to the game, huh? I'm, go- I'm going to the Pistons-Raptors game. Yeah, if you're down at the ACC, yes, I'm calling it the ACC. Sorry, Scotiabank. Um, and you see me, say hi. Although you may not recognize me. Cause I got a crazy ass beard going on. Oh, still going! Oh man, this—I don't know how you guys do this. This is starting to get annoying. Yeah, but you got to. Hey, listen, I'll say as the last man into the beard club. Yeah, you've (laughs) just got to get through those first six to eight weeks, and then you'll then you'll be like, I can't get rid of this man, and you start. You start, you start just like treating it properly, you know. You start grooming it. You start combing it. You start feeling. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now I get but it. But I'm doing now a I lot of it. like, uh, it's it. just getting a little too long over the lips, you know. So I'm ooh, doing a lot of like ooh. beard licking now. And, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> just get a trimmer, man. Just get yeah, a trimmer. Yeah, I know, but I forgot it. my trimmer at home. I didn't expect <laughs> myself to grow a beard. Maybe I just go buy one. You're right. Um, so anyway, if you're down at the ACC, say hi, Pistons Raptors tonight. Okay, let's get to um, let's get to some top five. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. All right, Lily, our first top five of the season. Yeah, got a Halloween theme to it. Yeah, so this one actually, I had another one uh, in the can, but then this one came to me last night because Halloween is here tomorrow night. Right. Finally. What, what's everyone's uh, kids You're dressing excited? up for as or whatever? Uh, one is going as a, a vampire for me, and the other is going as uh, the Emperor of Darkness or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I like it. Dark. <laughs> yeah. what, about, what, about, what about the girls? What do we got? What costumes uh, we, we got? We got a Wonder Woman and a Monarch Butterfly. <laughs> Very nice. Mm-hmm. Zoe, what's Zoe this year? She's a bat woman. Okay. Okay. JD? Uh, no idea. They, uh, the kids found our costume collection, uh, the starter's <laughs> costume collection. Yeah. And uh, who knows? So we're going to have the fat bastard. We got fat bastard. We got C-3PO. We got, we got uh, Doc, future Doc suits. You know, the, the future suit oh, thing. Yeah, we yeah. got Christmas elves. We got Donald Trump. We got so much stuff. So I have no idea. I mean, I think they don't know. They won't know until five minutes before. Maybe they can just mash them all together and go as like a tribute to the starters. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry, Lee. Top five. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, listen, Halloween's been going on for far too long. I know people have had decorations up on their house for well over a month now. This has somehow gone from like a little week-long fun event to like a six-week extravaganza of unnecessariness. So I'm going to get on my high horse a little bit today. I expect a few people might just say, "Hey, you know, you worry about your own, <laughs> you worry about your own kids and your own family. Don't worry about anyone else's." But you know what? <laughs> Here is my top five reasons how to make Halloween a little more polite and a little less tacky and grubby because that's what I think it's come. Okay, it's come like that. Okay, number more, five. A little more polite. Here we go. A little more polite. Number five. Make sure your kids use manners and patience <laughs> when they go to the house demanding candy because I've now so I have a seven year old and a three year old the seven year old he's a veteran of the uh, of the Halloween (laughs) route now the three year old's probably his first real time but I've seen kids barging and pushing and shoving to get past to, 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 to dig their hand into a big pile of candy listen everyone's got tons of candy you're gonna get some it's up on the parents to say to their kids woo just hold on just wait your turn okay that's number five number four Tell your kids one or two pieces max is all they need per household. I see some kids shoveling their hand, digging in and just like, you know, hauling as much as they can grab into their pillowcase-sized bag. (laughs) You don't need that much. You don't need that much. Again, every house has got it. You're going to get tons. One or two. Thank you. In your bag. <laughs> Move on. After you've been waiting. It's crazy. It's crazy. You see some parents are just standing on the sidewalk, letting their kids run right in the house, and they just come out and, it's, and they're like dragging it as if it's like a, a you know a bag with a like jewelry in it or something. It's like no, you don't isn't, need that. Isn't much. that upon the parents of the house to dictate one or two? Because well, kids are going to do what kids do. But I think kids have overtaken now, where the parents are like, oh, let's just let them have it because if we don't, these kids could go crazy. 
<laughs> they can go nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, that they comes, might be littering their, that comes back, their garbage. <laughs> they might be opening that, that Kit Kat and throwing <laughs> it all over our lawn. That comes back to the first one using manners and patience. Okay, number three. Yep. If you already have one particular type of can, let's say you have 10 Kit Kats and you go up to a house and they just happen to have a lot of Kit Kats. <laughs> It's okay to walk away with nothing. Empty hands. Oh, get out of here. You don't need more Kit Kats. You don't need more Kit Kats. You always need more Kit Kats. No. It's Halloween, man. You're How a kid. many you Kit Kats do you need? Why don't you just say, oh, you've got Kit Kats. You know what? I'm good for Kit Kats. Thank you anyway. <laughs> what, do you want? What, what do you want? You want a menu on the side of a person's house? Oh, uh, we've got saying, Kit Kats, a couple Starbursts left. Uh, oh, okay. Should I walk up there? Uh, no, that's, not, that's not a bad idea to hey, say, this is what we have. What would you like? I see you've already got dozens of Kit Kats. Uh, no, no more Kit Kats for you. Kit Kats are great. No. I'm not. It's not. I'm not anti Kit Kat. No, Put them no. in the fridge in the summer. You sound pretty anti Kit Kat right no, now. No, I'm pro Kit Kat. I'm just not pro. <laughs> I'm not pro dozens of Kit Kat. If you've oh, got, God. if you've got four Kit Kats in your bag, that's enough. Move on. Well, if you got four Kit Kats, you've technically got sixteen Kit Kats. That's the crazy thing. They well, multiply like nothing. Snack size or full yeah, size? I'm oh, thinking yeah. more the, the little thinking, two snack yeah, size. That, that's size. the fun size. Yeah. Haven't you ever size. heard of accumulating assets? This is a Danny Ainge move. Oh. You're getting all these Kit Kats. <laughs> then you get together with your friends. You're like, oh, you got some Reese's peanut butters over there. Yes. I'll swap you. We're switching here. That's a that's a good segue into point number two. Tell your kid <laughs> that at some point they will be sharing their candy with some people, especially some who may not have as much as you. Okay, that's and nice. don't hoard all your. Oh, I need every. I need these twenty-five Kit Kats. No, you don't. Exchange, trade, try something else. Ooh. Even if it is your favorite, you just don't need to be so greedy. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to be preaching this to my two-year-old, who's probably <laughs> going out for. Her, she's going out for her first time. Yeah. yeah going to be preaching this. And uh, last one, number one. Oh, hold on. I'm, uh, our kids are obsessed with the, their school taught them the switch witch. So you go oh. trick-or-treating, you go out, you get all kinds of candy, but then the switch witch comes to your house, takes your candy, and replaces it with sticks <laughs> and nature, and they love it. So it's what? a good way to for you to steal your children's candy while they're still happy because they get like an acorn cap or something. <laughs> well, so that, that's, that's incredible to go into segue number one because... <laughs> Because what you I you are perfect. What, well, that, see, this is what I do with my with my seven year old. We've already we've already agreed to the terms prior to uh, prior to trick or treating tomorrow night. But we've done this in the years gone by. I say, okay, with your candy, you can choose three, four pieces. The rest of it, we're going to exchange for a book, a Lego, a toy, a game, something like that that's going to last longer. And also, we're going to give some to a homeless person on the street or someone who might not have any because. My, I, I say to my kid, you just don't need to gorge on all that. And also, you're very lucky that you even get this. I want you to share the experience with other people. All right, all so right. I, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, I'm preaching. Yeah, I'm on my high horse. Yeah, I'm holier than thou right now. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I just think a little bit of the romance has been taken out of trick-or-treating. Romance? <laughs> yes, the dance. Because <laughs> when I was a kid... You're right, Lee. It's all, it's all about sexy costumes. <laughs> when, I, when we were kids and we were trick-or-treat, you would have to kind of do the little dance with the, house, the homeowner. Say, well, yeah, you know I'm, why? I'm, Lee, this is why. We used to be, when we were kids, afraid of adults. Kids mm. are not afraid of adults mm. anymore. Yeah. That's why. I honestly think that's why. I was petrified half the time when I was going up to a house. For As Halloween. you should be. I mean, even because though you're then, getting candy, it's like, oh, this is creepy. I don't know what's going on here. This person yeah. might yell at me. and yeah. I bet you never just dug your hand in and just shoveled like never. an excavator out of their like, uh, pot either, did you? You know, like you were like, oh, I got two pieces. Thank you. That's very generous. Yes, thank you. you know? thank you. And if you went to a house that actually had homemade muffins or something like that, I mean, that, that was gold. That was gold. Now it's yeah. just like you can't, muffin. You can't, you can't, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, I know. You're not, you, I, think, I think it's actually against the law to yeah. do that because yeah. people can uh, obviously, you know. No, it's crazy that it's gotten to that. I know. It's yeah. sad. It's, it's it. just crazy. I know. I, I, I just want to load up on bran, <laughs> mom. <laughs> give, me, give me a brand muffin. Oh, did you hear the house down the street? The Ellis's? They got brand muffins. No. Let's go. No, brand now, and now you go into a Walmart or a Target and it's just like buy that fun size bag and it's like got, you know, 100 pieces of candy in it because you know, like kids are just like, they're ruthless. They come in. All right. Hey, Mr. Halloween, what do you yes. give out? What do you give out at your house? Well, we, we have like a small bag of candy and what we don't give out, we then donate to, uh, again, you know, homeless okay, or that's, bring that's them fine. in. Yeah. But, 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 you're, but, you're but we're also, well, the thing is as well, we're out trick or treating so we don't get hit a lot because we're uh you know we're out 
Don't you, you don't leave a bowl out for people? No, I absolutely don't leave a bowl out. Oh, it's not get a, into the spirit. No, 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 no. Leave no, a bowl with no. a sign that says take no, one. He doesn't See, trust me, anyone. <laughs> that, that to me is even worse. You, you've got to at least make some effort. You can't just because you see kids. Well, you as well. you're not making the effort. Put a bowl no, out and you, put and put some chocolate. You see in some it. kids who are like 14, and you're like, no, you're far too old, far too old. Get out of here. You know, this is for like this is for like 11 max. Yeah. No, I've got a ring camera on my house. If the kid is over six, I watch it. Even though I'm taking my kid around trick or treating, I'm just watching the <laughs> ring, the live ring video. As the people come up, and I can set off the alarm if they're too old, <laughs> and so they start ah, running. That's smart. That's smart. All right, great oh, tips man. there from uh, Leo as for Halloween coming up tomorrow. Night. Everybody, be safe out there too. Uh, wear uh, you know wear bright colors if possible, as long as it doesn't screw up your costume. I guess <laughs> get that flashlight. Got to be careful out there. All right, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Well, noted Lakers fan and friend of the podcast, Amir Blumenfeld, tweeted on Tuesday night, Me when James Harden makes 20 free throws in a game? Ugh. Dude is ruining basketball. (laughs) Me when Anthony Davis makes 20 free throws in a game? MVP. 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 That's what you said, Trey. You're absolutely right. It is funny. It's just how you're getting to the line, not the number yeah, of times. Yeah, it's, it's exactly right. For some reason, rebounding and being close to the hoop is more impressive than one-on-one skills. <laughs> People don't <laughs> like me the a break. flopping out there. At the all free throws are created equal. If you like some, you gotta like all of them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all right. So great tweet, Amir. You win tweet of the night. Okay, pick them results from Tuesday night. It was the Hawks in Miami. Heat were favored by eight and a half. Everybody took the heat here. Everybody gets the win. That puts Lee and I at five and one, Tassa two and four, Trey at three and three. As we're running out of nights here for the very short month of October, what is tonight's game? There's a lot of NBA games on. That's right, Skeets. But we're not going with an NBA game. We're going with game seven, baby. Game seven of the World Series Tonight, the Houston Astros hosting the Washington Nationals. It's the 40th Game 7 in World Series history. The Astros trying to make this thing a dynasty. They won a couple years ago. The Nationals looking to secure their first World Series championship in franchise history. Sorry, Expos. You never won it. Max Scherzer goes for the Nats. Okay. Zach Greinke going for the Strohs. Okay. Couple studs. How old is Zach Greinke? He feels like he's been around forever. Yeah, he's yeah, real he's Zach Cranky out there. He's, he's, crank, <laughs> he's cranky uh, about kids coming in for Halloween. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask you, is, uh, I have not really been following the World Series. I do know that we have a Game 7, but is it true that the road team has won every game in this series so far? You are absolutely correct. Wow. It would be the first World Series where every road team or the, where the road team won every one of the seven games. If the Nationals win tonight, yeah. Wow. Yes, exactly. Wow. That's crazy. Max Scherzer, he's going for the Nats. He was scratched from his Game 5 start because he's got a nerve problem. He could barely Uh-oh. barely feel his arm. So we've got a little bit of a Willis Reed vibe Ooh, coming tonight. I like that. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's going to be out there. Will he be able to go? Seven? I, I, who knows? He's maxed out already. Maxed oh. out at seven innings throughout his four postseason starts. Maybe it happens again. And, th- and thank goodness uh, for Juan Soto and a- Anthony Rendon because they had that situation there, a, a very, very a big confrontation between the Nationals coach because Trey Young, I think his name is, got tossed out of the game for running inside the baseline when he wasn't running Trey inside Tur- the Trey baseline. Turner. Trey yeah, Turner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, it, Trey Turner got turned around. You got to go back home because he the, he was, he ran inside the base. He ran a straight line, but he interfered with the first baseman's glove to some degree. It was just a bad toss from the pitcher who jumped off the mound. Anyway. Drew Fairservice is loving this. Right Trey, Turner, Trey Turner turned the corner, went to second base. They said, oh, no, no, no. You hit the first baseman's glove. You're out of here. Thankfully, the Nats went on to win it because of Soto and Rendon. The line is 1.5 for the Astros tonight, but we're not playing no, the line. Who cares? Yeah, just pick, pick it. Up, pick, pick it. I'm going Nats. I like the story. Scherzer. Okay. And this is an official game, right? We're counting this. This is an official game. Oh, this is this is official. Okay. Put on the books. Okay. All right. You got the Nats. Well, oh, that makes it tough. That does make it tough. The Nats. Feel oh yeah, I like shouldn't. I shouldn't pick first because I'm behind they, you by one. That's yeah. a, that's all right, baby. They feel like a team of destiny. Uh, 
quite similar to the 2016 Cubs who won a Game 7 World Series on the road mm. in Cleveland. But I'm going with the Houston Astros. Oh, this is good. Taking care of business. Nice. Let's see if they can do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, what do you got? Might Houston. Well You're going Houston? Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> good insight. Uh, all right, here's another uh, friend name drop. Our buddy Joel, big baseball fan. He's been saying the Astros are going to win the World Series all season long, and he's usually wrong. So give me the Nationals <laughs> on the road as well. I'm with Tass. We got the Nats, and uh, the other two guys got the Astros at home. Enjoy Game 7 of the World Series. Is there not... I think I saw Fred Katz tweeting about this. Is there not um, a Rockets-Wizards game tonight on the schedule? Is that correct? Wow, really? I think that's correct. Uh, yes, there is. 8 yeah. o'clock, yeah. Yeah, isn't that yeah. weird with the Nationals yeah. playing um, playing the Astros? That's very, very strange. No one's going to be at that game. I think it's in Washington. It uh, is in Washington, yeah. yeah. All right, so good luck to all the baseball fans out there. Hope you get a good Game 7. Enjoy the NBA action tonight. That's it for us today. We'll have a new Beach Steppin' podcast for you later today. So keep your eyes and your ears on the No Dunks podcast feed, and we'll see you tomorrow. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, Zach Granke's 36. Max Scherzer is 35. If you're a kid listening to this show, be a baseball player. You've got a far longer <laughs> lifespan. <laughs> Embrace the day, people.